It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Find more great shows or join the team at sport-social.co.uk. Hello everybody and welcome to Hot Lap Podcast. I am your host, Lee Stevens. Hope you're all doing wonderful. I hope you enjoyed a fairly uneventful Grand Prix. But I don't know. I think I hated it less than lots of other people I saw um, on social media. Yeah, it was... See... It was a tense race, wasn't it, I think? It felt tense to me. It felt like something... It was one of those races where you thought something might happen and the threat of something happening was kind of enough to get me through. I thought there'd be more incidents. um, I I think I tweeted out, I thought the race was going to be chaos. It wasn't chaos. It was the... It was the opposite of chaos. There was very little overtaking. There was very little accidents. I thought we'd get a restart. I like if somebody would have put like money money down for me to put like a will there be a, a restart and red flag? I'd have fucking well took that. Any time, every other session, I had a red flag in apart from the race. And there was times there where we really, really could have done with a reset, a great reset, you could say. Um, We'll do the usual thing, I think. I think we'll we'll talk, we'll go through the grid back to front. Uh, before we go on with that business, uh, just quickly, if you want to support the show, go to Patreon and look for Lee Stevens Content Creator. That's Stevens with a V, not a PH. And um, yeah, sign up to one of the tiers. It's a tip system, essentially. There's not a lot there you get free. Uh, you will get part of the podcast I do without the adverts. If adverts upset you, I get adverts upset me. So if you don't want the bit in the middle where the adverts come in, or the big, bit at the beginning with the adverts, 
But on fucking Chuck is $2. Or $100. I don't mind. Depends how fucking shit you think adverts are. Uh, but yeah, it keeps the lights on. Um, uh, thank you to everybody I've noticed since the world's been going back to normal that the patrons, uh, patrons have come back or patrons have uh, popped subscriptions back up to what they were before. Uh, before all the fucking world fell apart so yeah thank you all for that it's all very good it's all very helpful and it's again it genuinely makes a difference to me doing these shows because it's just fucking me isn't it it's just me doing must see audio stuff like you know occasionally i'll have guests in or if i do stuff on youtube i'll have somebody with me but it's fucking yours truly that's footing the bill anyway uh, let's get on with going through the grid. Last and certainly least, we had Nikita Mazepin. He DNF'd. I don't know why. Seven laps? Is that? Is that? Did he let? Uh... Oh no, he's seven laps down when he retired. That's not fucking. It's not too good, is it? Um, was it? Yeah. Fuck. I don't know. I don't know. Why? Why have they got? fucking hasses on the grid at the moment it's fucking terrible uh they both should have had a penalty as well for what for holding the way they held up vettel in qualifying i don't understand how they didn't get penalties for that when vettel got it, it, you could say oh well they were they were held up and they were pushed into vettel fucking great that's exactly why vettel got a fucking penalty a few weeks ago isn't it that's exactly the same situation and vettel got a penalty for it when it was nothing to do with him so a bit of consistency please referees uh yuki snoda not a great weekend for him they just pulled him in i'm not sure what was wrong with the car if anything maybe they just want to save mileage on it i will be surprised if yuki snoda is in an alpha tari next year because with the lack of honda and the lack of performance coming from mr snoda i just don't understand what the point in keeping him on the grid is uh mick schumach was 18th fairly uneventful race for him as well um again we're not I, I keep saying it we're not really gonna know if there's anything from him or Mazepin. we won't know until until next year until his new cars you know i mean we even talk about them being different weights somehow you know it's uh it's fucking daft i don't I, the has make me sad these days it makes me sad they, they feel like a team that should be falling out of formula one and if i, I think if they don't do something next year they are literally the meme at the minute with the guy poking the thing with the stick um if they don't do something next year i think that team will be sold it's probably up for sale already but yeah something needs to happen with that team uh george russell dnf'd um i'm not sure what happened to george russell either i didn't even realize he dnf'd god show you see that goes to show that there was stuff going on up the top of the grid um when i didn't notice george russell had disappeared because he was up hustling in 11th place at one point, wasn't he? So, nine, 11th, 12th place. Anyway, uh, Nicholas Latifi was 7th. This is, sorry, uh, 16th. Not a great a great weekend for Williams. Uh, we are both crashing and qualifying. George looked good. You know, it looked, before he crashed, it looked like he could have got into the into Q3. Um, do we talk about his contract now or at the end? We'll talk about George Russell and contract at the end. Uh, Robert Kubica was 15th. I think a fair um a fair outing considering how long it's been since he's been in a race car in Formula 1 considering you know he's the what what's a nice way of saying it? I was going to say handicap I don't mean to say that I did say it though 
I just didn't have the words for it. You know what I mean? Considering he's um, like hurt, uh, I think that was a good, a good, uh, like a good outing for him. It's a shame Callum Islet was in America doing his test for Indy. It would be interesting to get him in a Formula One car to see what he could have done. Uh, Antonio Giovinazzi was pretty good all weekend. Yeah, you know, it was a fairly shabby race for him, but he had a good qualifying. He finished fourteenth. Sebastian Vettel had a mare of a day. He finished 13th behind his teammate. Lance Stroll finished 12th. Vettel's race was destroyed by an early pit stop that didn't work for him. Lance Stroll didn't really have pace, and I think the only reason he was behind, you know, he was behind Sebastian was because of the, the silly, sorry, in front of Sebastian was because of the silly pit stop shenanigans. Sorry, I'm just taking a sip of my beer. <clears throat> a normal person that cared about his work would have edit, edited out that throat clear. I think you deserve the unedited version of myself. I think that's what you really want. Anyway, Daniel Ricardo finished 11th out of the points. If he raced for Ricardo, you know, he started in the top 10. Uh, he had that... Off start, didn't he? Where he couldn't select the gear, he wanted to abort the start. Nobody was fucking paying him any attention whatsoever. Um, so he was lucky he got the car off the line. Otherwise, that could have been a scary moment for everybody. But another, you know, he had to let Lando past. He was then told to try and hold off. Uh, was it Perez he was trying to hold off? Not good. Not a good weekend for Ricardo. Um, he must be praying the days away uh, till the end of the season till he gets a new car next year but more and more more and more I'm hearing people like in the know that understand car development are like going it's not a fucking given that the issue that McLaren has that Ricardo like can't get on with it's not a given that he's not that it's not going to have it in the new in the new formula, um, it might just be inherent in the way McLaren are building cars. And you see, the thing is, Lando Norris is doing so well in the other McLaren. You would feel that McLaren will be pretty hesitant to uh, alter the actual DNA of that car. You know, the the tangibles, they know that they can, they can ship over and the driving characteristics because why would you risk... Why would you risk like destroying what your like headline driver gets on with the car with just to try and help a guy which you don't know is going to come right for you or not? So, oof, bad. Bad all-round weekend for McLaren, really, but exceptionally bad for Daniel Ricciardo. Lando Norris, 10th. Really weird qualifying for him because he was up there, wasn't he? He all, like all the way through all the sessions, he was right there with the, with the top guys, you know. It's uh, and then when it came to qualifying, his pace just disappeared. I'm not I'm not sure what happened. Uh, there's been some uh, talk that it might have been the wind changing and the uh, that was throwing off his brake. And Jensen Button uh, had a thing saying that one of the strengths of Lando Norris is apparently his braking. And that the uh, change of wind direction for qualifying, as opposed to the other sessions, could have upset the confidence he had on the brakes and cost him the time. But we won't know. Uh, I think if he'd have got if 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 the um, if the Williams red flags hadn't upset him, I think he'd have got into the top ten. 
yeah, you know, I, I think he'd have, he he always seems to be able to pull one out of the bag, doesn't he, when he needs to. So it was just a shame for him qualifying. I think probably considering how hard it was to overtake around here, uh, he obviously put in a really good stint somewhere because it was like all of a sudden it's like, oh, fuck, Lando's in the points now. Uh, so, yeah, he'd, he'd obviously put a really good stint in somewhere. But uh, I think him starting where he did and getting a point out of it, small victory for Lando, but all in all, bad weekend for McLaren. Esteban Ocon, ninth. He did a, a, a lesson today, a lesson in immature driving in my eyes. Uh, he he thought Fernando Alonso was slow. Um, Fernando Alonso wasn't slow. He was looking after his tyres, mate. And then all of a sudden you blinked and Fernando Alonso was six seconds down the road from Ocon. Um, yeah, I, I, I think if when Esteban looks back at this race, if he's honest with himself, he'll realise that he uh, he got schooled by one of the greatest Formula 1 drivers of all time. That's my unbiased opinion on Mr. Alcon's race. Um, Sergio Perez, he had a good fight back. It shouldn't be a fight back, though, should it? He, he did well to get himself back up into eighth. He was completely useless for Red Bull because uh, he left Max on his own. Um, again, like we see these really good races from Sergio Perez and he gets driver of the day for it and stuff like that, but he shouldn't be down there. I'm I'm surprised actually. Now the deal's done with Perez for next year. I'm I'm actually surprised by it. I'm surprised they didn't give um Pierre Gasly another go. I am. It it seems it seems strange, but Perez really needs to book up the rest of the season and he needs to be on it next year. You know, it's, he has to be, otherwise he's going to find himself in trouble come contract season. Um, Carlos Sainz Jr., good recovery drive from him considering the uh, the uh, woes he had in qualifying. Um, Ferrari were kind of... They were, they were kind of almost in a battle of their own most of the time until Fernando came looking for them later in the race. But yeah, they didn't quite have the pace of the Alfa Tauri. They had the pace over McLaren um, and one of the Alpines. So, yeah, they were kind of on their own most of the race. So, yeah, odd one for Ferrari. Be interested to see what they do in Monza next weekend. Uh, Fernando Alonso, I th- for me, Fernando was the driver of the day. I know you're gonna, what you're going to say. Mm, fucking Fernando's always your driver of the day. He's your driver of the team when he goes shopping. Uh, you're probably right. Um But I just think it was a masterclass what he did today. With like, there's, There is not a second in that car that he didn't he didn't extract not a second there was no there was nothing else in that alpine today and fernando got the absolute maximum out of it i wish he'd won that race ocon won Ooh. right place right time ocon uh but yeah i thought it was in a i thought it was a good race i think he he proved his point to the young guy by fucking disappearing off down the road um and yeah, man. I think we'll, we'll we'll be in some fucking good racing next year if this all closes up. Especially, you know, like Fernando was on it so quickly on a circuit that nobody else was used to. You know, you, you really you really had that had that feel of like, oh shit, right? This is where talent comes in. Talent comes in here really fast, and you you just think if he if he was in like I don't know. A Ferrari, for instance, or 
a McLaren. I wonder what difference Alonso could have made in a car which is like really competitive, you know, because I still think the McLarens, although they had a bad weekend, I think fundamentally that car was quicker than the Alpine. And Lando Norris, if he'd have uh, been able to extract the maximum from himself in qualifying, he should have been up there with Pierre Gasly, sort of, you know, behind the Mercedes and in front of the Ferraris, but was not to be. Uh, Charles Leclerc, good race from Charles. Again, fairly uneventful, wasn't it? He was kind of on his own for most of the race. Uh, yeah, it, it was strange, strange to have like an, an uh, like for Ferrari to have a good race, as in like them be ahead of McLaren, like quite comfortably. But they, um, yeah, they, they just didn't seem to bring anything. It was like an anonymous Salba, but it was anon- uh, anonymous Ferrari. So yeah, uh, good job, Charles, I suppose. Uh, Pierre Gasly, excellent performance. Probably the driver of the weekend for me, Pierre Gasly. He's a... Uh, if you if you give him a half decent car now around a circuit, he will extract the maximum from it. And he was just probably out on his own. He probably didn't even realise there was anyone else around him today. He just uh, he was a oh my god! He fourth place was lapped. That's crazy. But uh, yeah, good race by Pierre Gasly. I think he should have got the seat at Red Bull. But there you go. Uh, Valtteri Bottas was fucking useless. Um, I think he is in the blues of the fact that he knows it's at the end, running towards the end of his Mercedes tenure. Um, he, t- I mean, defied team orders towards the end uh, to take the fastest lap, which Lewis then took back off him on the very last lap of the race. Uh, he just wasn't really there. He wasn't there on pace. You know, they, they radioed into him and said, at this pace, you're not going to interact with the leaders. Um, he wasn't really in the pit stop window. Then when he when he, he actually mattered and he could have done the team a solid and held uh, Max Verstappen up for Lewis, he didn't really manage that for too long either, did he? So just kind of a bit useless. Do you know, with Kimi being out with Rones, what we think is going to happen contract-wise... Um, in fact, we'll talk about this in a minute. We'll talk, we'll talk about this straight after the race. We'll do a Bottas and um, George Russell like thing on its own after we've done it. Otherwise, I'm going to end up fucking tangenting myself to death. Lewis Hamilton, solid race from Lewis. Just chased Max Verstappen. Didn't seem to have the pace for it. Um, as in, like, I don't think the car had the pace for it. I think he he did everything he could to try and get towards Max but wasn't enough I think there was some sloppy tyre tire strategy course from Mercedes which we're seeing more and more these days aren't we more and more iffy strategy calls when Mercedes are under the cosh but they're gonna have to do something because at the minute I think it's advantage of Verstappen and like I said, the last time we did a podcast, although it was only half points last weekend, I mean, now now Max is leading the championship and it's all down to, you know, it's it's down to the win in this race and the the points that he gained in Spa. Uh, but he managed to get a haul of points in Spa without using an engine. I still think that's mega and I st- I'm still surprised I'm the only one mentioning it. I think it's fucking crazy when you've got... After his Silverstone accident that totaled an engine, 
anything he can get for free or like low maintenance points over Lewis, um, yo, know, he's got to grab it with both hands. Um, but it was flawless, flawless from Max. Uh, the the crowd were fucking unreal around that circuit. I I instantly want to go there, uh, even if the racing wasn't great. But I just I hope that I st- I think it's fundamentally a good circuit for Formula One. Like I think it's a good place for us to be going. It's it's just the case of because they were supposed to have an extra DRS zone around the banking, I believe, but they stopped that just before the race. Oh, sorry, just before the race weekend started over safety concerns. But I am hoping that these new cars, when we, when we get them next year, with the with them being able to uh, follow each other better and with the ground effect, I am uh, I'm hoping circuits like this might become all of a sudden from like fairly lackluster affairs might become hidden gems. I mean, if you get a circuit like that, which is so fast and so short. And then you get a grid of cars that are quite close together that can race each other. I mean, it could be absolute magic. It could be absolute magic or too dangerous, one of the two. But uh, it could be it could be something quite sensational. Um, on to contract talks. Um, we all know what's going on. I can't remember a contract situation like this, which has been so obvious and so like tongue-in-cheek joke by people. I mean, Jensen Button was interviewing George Russell and Christian Horner walked up in the middle of the interview and congratulated him on his new deal. Um, there's lots of wry smiles. You know, it's even from Belgium, you know, it's, George Russell can't take the smile off his face. Um, we all know he's going to Mercedes next year. It's a done deal. Bottas seems to be going down the grid towards uh, Selba to replace Kimi. That seems like a done deal. But riddle me this. If you were a Mercedes boss, yeah, and your driver was had his head down because he was essentially being sacked and sent to a lower team, would you want to try and get the other guy in the car faster? Now, I know there's a lot of moving parts here, but fortunately for everything... Some of these moving parts are easier to move around than others. What if Kimi does a Kimi like he did with Renault? He's handed his notice in. He's retiring. What if Kimi doesn't want to do the rest of the season? Because it seems awful fucking strange that Kimi announces his retirement and then the next day he's got the Rones. That seems slightly sketchy to me. Seems a bit odd. Because, I mean, he, yeah, he, he'd have done his COVID tests to travel and stuff like that. I mean, I realise there must be a point with the, with the COVID tests. You know, there must be that point where you go from being like non COVIDed to COVIDed. But it seems strange that somebody like Kimmy, which must be getting tested all the time with being on the, uh, the Formula One circus, that he just rocks up to the race after he's handed his notice in. And has COVID. So what if he doesn't want to come back? Do you, you know, I feel pretty confident that um, if that was the case, they would prefer Valtteri Bottas or uh, that Alfa Romeo would prefer Valtteri Bottas in the car before 
next year, if they, if it was at all possible. I think George Russell would probably be more used to Lewis Hamilton to help him win this world championship. Um, it Would that be good for George Russell? I don't know. It would be good for George Russell if he helped Lewis win the world championship and was clearly as quick or quicker than him. Like what we saw with Bottas. But yeah, I don't... I don't know. I don't I don't know whether that'd be good for George Russell's career or not. But realistically, I think Bottas can lose Lewis this world championship. If he'd have been uh, if he'd have been able to keep up with the pace of Lewis and Max today, um then they could have done more with strategy. I think that's what really threw Mercedes off is the fact that they thought they had a third gunman or a second gunman in there and it turned out that second gunman had a water pistol. I think that's what really threw Mercedes off. So yeah, that's my that's my fifty pence. I've always said I don't think Valtteri's going to see the end of the year in this Mercedes the way it's going. I thought he might be switched, like in a a Red Bull scenario, even though they've said they wouldn't do it. But that was the idea that they wouldn't do it because they didn't want to uh, bin somebody off, so they weren't driving. But if they can swap people around a bit easier. Maybe that might be something that happens, especially because it would be good for Bottas as well. He, I mean, he wouldn't finish half a season in the, on one in one of the best cars on the grid. But what it would do would help him integrate with his new team before the beginning of next year. So I think it would be good for Bottas all around as well. Anyway, let's look at the championship standings. Um, Max Verstappen now leads the world championship. With 224.5 points. Yes, we've got a 0.5, people. Uh, Lewis Hamilton is in second with 221.5. That's fucking crazy. Three points difference. 13 rounds. Three points difference with 13 rounds gone. This, I mean, this is such a good year. I sometimes when I when I look at social media, um, because people have a tendency to complain about everything on social media. Um, I don't think they, I don't think they appreciate that we might actually be seeing one of the one of the like greatest championships of all time. Like Senna Prost, yeah, Senna Prost wasn't this close. Might have been this close in, in points, but they, but you didn't have Senna and Prost racing each other. Every weekend like this, like with not with with one not having like clear advantages, Schumacher Hill didn't have it. One week Schumacher would have the edge. One week Hill would have the edge. Same with uh, Villeneuve and Hill, uh, and you know that's when you talk about drivers with equal teams. Set, um, Schumacher Hakkinen, two great championships. The two two championships Hakkinen won from Schumacher. They weren't like this. I've never seen. A championship since I started watching uh, Formula One in 1992, I believe. Um, I've never seen a world championship where every weekend you go in, you go, well, the championship contenders are probably going to start first and second on the grid, aren't they? Because that's just the way Formula One works now. I've never seen this before. I, th- I think I, I hope I hope you like I hope most of you guys, and I think I think you probably will do because. I mean, if you like my fucking wafflings about Formula One, we've probably got one or two things in common. Um, so yeah, I th- 
I'm sure you guys get it, but I'm not sure some people get it. And they, they really, they need to fucking give their heads a wobble and understand what we've got here. Uh, Valkyrie Bottas, 123 points in third. Lando Norris, 114 points in fourth. Uh, Sergio Perez, fifth, 108. Charles Leclerc, 92 in sixth. Uh, Carlos Sainz Jr., 98.5 in seventh. Pierre Gasly on 66. Daniel Ricciardo, ninth on 56. Obviously, Pierre's eighth. Uh, Fernando Alonso is 10th on 46 points. Esteban Ocon is 11th with 44 points. That's crazy considering uh, like Ocon's had a had a whimsy win. Um, Sebastian Vettel, 35 points in 12th. Uh, 12th. 12s in 12th team. Um, Yuki Tsunoda, 18th in, th- uh, in th- t- with 18 points in 13. Lance Stroll in, th- in 13th. Fuck my words. Um, Lance Stroll, 18 points in 14th. George Russell, 13 points. 15th. Oh, it's nice to see George Russell with over 10 points in a Williams, isn't it? Oh, that's good. 16th, Nicholas Latifi with 7th. I mean, this is like cast iron in now, isn't it, for where, uh, for helping the Williams finish where they want to in the championship. You know, that that's it's locked in. That's not that's not fucking going anywhere, thanks to a, a fortuitous spa. Um, Kimi Raikkonen, 2 points in 17th. See, that's... Uh, see, that's... Right. Two points finishes out of 13 races, and you're asking me why Kimi Raikkonen might not want to throw the towel in. Antonio Giovinazzi, 1 point... Mick Schumacher, Nikita Mazepin, and now the mighty one-handed warrior himself, Robert Kubica in 21st, all are pointless. Um, Let's have a look at the teams. Uh, Mercedes still lead the uh, championship with 345 points. Red Bull chasing them down with 333. Really, Red Bull should be ahead of this now. Uh, I think the they've got a better car for it, so it's you know it, it's re- it's weird, isn't it? Uh, Red Bull should be ahead because I think they've got the better car, uh, but it's because of Sergio Perez why they're not ahead. And Mercedes, because Sergio Perez is underperforming, should be further ahead, but they're not further ahead because of Valtteri Bottas underperforming. Uh, driver number twos not pulling their weight in either team. Uh, Ferrari, 182 points in third now over McLaren. And that's a 12-point 12, 12 jump. It's pretty big, isn't it? Uh, in fourth with 170 points. Alpine on 90. And fifth and sixth, Alfa Tauri with 84. Austin Martin have 53 points in seventh. Williams, the mighty Williams, in eighth with 20 points. Uh, Alfa Romeo have three. Haas are in tenth and pointless. But yeah, like I say, that's uh, Alfa Romeo and Haas are not scoring over twenty points, even if Williams like pull out of the championship. Now they pull out, so Williams are locked in for eighth. Good year for Williams, um, and that that's that for talking about the race. We have your. Uh, we have your talking points. I'm going to pick my phone up. I'm going to read some of them. I haven't got my glasses, so I'm going to stutter through lots of it. 
Uh, but before I stutter through your talking points, here are some advertisements of which I will never see money for. Great, that's that done. Um, your talking points. Let's see what you have for me on Twitter. Uh, Jeff. The novelty of a new tra track ca carried that race. Max was dominant. Yeah, it was. The, it was the novelty of the, of the track was there. Uh, I think the novelty of the speed of the track was good. I loved seeing Formula One cars on banking. I don't know why. I mean, I mean, you know, we haven't really seen anything like that since IndyCar, have we? You know, like a proper banking. So sorry, since Indianapolis, like a proper banking section. I love it. I think I I, I wish it was something that um. Like some of the new new circuits would would build into them, we could have had it. We could have had some bank in it, uh, Texas. We could have had some bank in it, um, Abu Dhabi, something like that. You know, I, I don't understand why we don't build a build like a banking section in to the new tracks. But there we go. Um, Darren Entwistle, Bottas should have gone f uh, for fastest lap. Fuck Toto. Fuck James. Uh, well, actually, said fuck fuck Toto and James, but you know. Artistic interpretation. Um, well, he did go fastest lap, didn't he? And he got it. I know they backed off like at the end, but he must have just like slightly backed off on the last set because he did take fastest lap. You know, he did. He did get it. So, I mean, oh God, even it's so strange, isn't it? Because the fact that the whole Valtteri, it's James, is a meme now. Um, when he came over the radio, he said, Valtteri, it's James, abort fastest lap attempt. You go, fuck, guys, you know. I mean, let's uh, be a bit self-aware here, shall we? Can't you say something different? <laughs> or, are you, or at this point, are you trolling us through Valtteri Bottas? Is that what Because if that's what you're doing, oh, my word, I, I, am, I'm, I have nothing but admiration for you if you're using a world-class sportsman just to get at people. Fucking good stuff. Uh, Benjamin O'Hare, my best friend, my best friend in the world, who's obviously, obviously going to support me with a good question about Formula One. Even though he doesn't watch Formula One, he's going he's gonna to be there for me, isn't he? Because I put this up quite late, so obviously I didn't get quite the, quite the amount of talking points I usually get. Cause we usually have loads, don't we? But I was a bit late putting up and a bit early recording. Do you think England can bat all day tomorrow and chase the runs down or will the wickets start taking a turn uh, and bring India into the box seats? I I don't understand cricket. I mean I like I'd if is that a thing? Do they take turns batting over days? Is it like is it England's turn to bat tomorrow? Is it? I don't know. I mean I, I would I would like to hope that they can uh, they can bat all day because if they can't they're kind of not doing their job properly. So yeah, I think England can bat all day and do a win. There you go. Um, next we have Instagram and we have a couple of questions from Instagram. In fact, one of the questions is just tagging people in it. Thanks for that. Thanks for just tagging people in. 
rather than asking questions. Because tagging people makes sense. Taylor. Um, John and Millsy. Dutch fans made the race entertaining. Yes, they did. I said this before. It, it was just it's just a fantastic atmosphere, wasn't it? You know, from the first parade, like with all the flares going off. and whoa, I love the fireworks at the end. You know, we've seen fireworks at races before, but there just seems something so much more frenetic and frantic about it. So, yeah, I'm... I fucking th- I thoroughly enjoyed the atmosphere and I do I genuinely do think that's going to be a good race next year Hammerhead uh, giving me what I think is the greatest question that's ever come up on um, Hot Lap which could almost spawn its own like separate spin-off episode but we're going to we're going to deal with this mighty question here and I'm going to need to bring back up a list of drivers. Hang on, hang with me a second. I didn't think about this. Because I want this question to have the time it deserves. Given the severity of the connotations of getting it wrong. Uh, Formula One. Results. Thank you, Autosport. His question was... If you put all 20 drivers in a cage match uh, fight to the death, who's going to be the last man standing? Right. The only way to deal with, do this is to deal in teams. Um, so if we go with Alfa Romeo, if it, I, I think see, I think Kimi Raikkonen has a chance to stay in uh just to stay in this till late stages, the late stage of a cage match. Antonio Giovinazzi, he's a first blood. He's out. He probably dies just slightly before Yuki Tsunoda. Yuki Tsunoda is too small. He is too small for a cage match, regardless of what you've seen in New Japan Pro Wrestling. As soon as you get him in with some, some of the other guys, he's just going to get mashed. Pierre Gasly, again, he looks weak. He looks like a weak man. So he, you know, he's really good at catching balls. You know, when you when they drop balls and he's got his hands the other way around, like he seems to do at the beginning of every race. Really good at catching balls. I also think he would catch fists. Um, who would go out next? Nikita Mazepin. He would pay for a bodyguard. He would probably pay somebody. Like every time someone came near him, he'd throw money at them. So he'd be a late stage guy. Probably pay somebody to kill Mick Schumacher. So he was the only Haas guy in there. So Mick Schumacher will be out. So at the minute, we still have Kimi Raikkonen and Nikita Mazepin in. Kimi Raikkonen would probably kill kill Nikita Mazepin because Kimi doesn't play with cash, does he? He's like he he's he's as happy in a five million dollar apartment as he would be in a yurt on his own in the middle of an ice pond. So Kimi Raikkonen kills Mazepin because money doesn't help him. And then ends up in a frantic battle with Fernando Alonso, which were trying to um, exact some revenge when Alonso took a seat at Ferrari. Unfortunately, that time at Ferrari has steeled Alonso, and he manages to come through, come through this using all of his wisdom and knowledge, and the fact he's probably on like um, testosterone replacement at his age, being an athlete. He beats Kimi out hands down. Lance Stroll tries to play the same play play the same game as uh, Mazepin and pays people off. 
does not work. Carlos Sainz takes takes care um, care of Lance Stroll, and Sebastian Vettel comes and takes care of Carlos Sainz again. Sebastian Vettel is a wily veteran, and he uh, and he can take care of Carlos Sainz. Charles Leclerc, Charles Leclerc's in trouble. Looks like he's got a glass jaw. He's also pretty, which means he's got something to lose. He trades on his looks most of the time, especially in the world of pro wrestling. Vettel takes care of both Ferrari drivers in some sort of like revenge bloodlust before entering uh, entering into a battle with Daniel Ricciardo. Daniel Ricciardo, just like in Red Bull, wipes Sebastian Vettel off the face of the earth before being taken out by his uh, teammate and baby-faced assassin, Lando Norris. It's true, Ricciardo can't beat Lando Norris at anything. Valtteri Bottas. Valtteri Bottas enters the fray with Lewis Hamilton. Valtteri Bottas kills himself to help Lewis Hamilton. Um, Sergio Perez, being Mexican, is really good at this sort of stuff, and he manages to kill Lando Norris and uh, Lewis Hamilton. We now have Sergio Perez, Max Verstappen, and uh, Fernando Alonso left. Fernando Alonso takes care of Sergio Perez, Max Verstappen and Fernando Fernando Alonso brawl for hours before climbing to the top of the cage, falling out of it and together hitting the deck first, setting up their their go-home match at WrestleMania and that's exactly what would happen in a cage match. Thank you very much for listening to Hot Lap. I love you all. great shows or join the team at sport-social.co.uk Sports Social Podcast Network Hello, it is Ryan and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com That's ChumbaCasino.com No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.